Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, doing good, it's been an interesting day, um, and and that sort of thing. A uh, few news pieces breaking today, which we'll talk about in, in a little bit, and of course the week's worth of news, uh, but before we get to all of that, what have you been playing? Uh, unsurprisingly, I've been playing a lot of Valheim. I burnt my, built my first ship today. Um, ships yeah. are essential because in the way that the world is built, uh, they start you in dead center of the map, and you're on an island. And that's the first biome, and it's always going to be you know, your basic you know, biome. And then as you go further out and out, there's different biomes that have different aspects and different things that uh, you can do. Uh, ships necessary also because there's only one vendor in the world and while it is always randomly generated close to the island it's never random randomly generated on the island so you have to build a ship to go out and travel there's not a whole lot of things to buy in fact there's only like seven things to buy Mm -hmm. but it is the only way to get a fishing pole and food is an integral part of the game uh, you have a base HP, regardless of what your actual level is. It's, it's always the same. And then you can raise that HP based off the types of food you eat. So that makes survival and uh, food management a very critical, critical thing. Um, and I'm just right now I'm just gearing up and prepping up to go after my second boss. Cool. Nice. So you're enjoying it overall? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good game. Very unique. There's a lot of uh, interesting things to it. It's very again. It's very much in the alpha. It's very much in the the beginning stages of a new game. But there's a lot to like about it. So cool, nice. Glad you're enjoying that. Um, I haven't uh, gone near it yet because obviously it's on PC and stuff, and uh, I mainly game on on consoles and that. But uh, maybe maybe one day I'll jump in there. Uh, anything else you've been playing? Yeah, I dove in and tried the demo for Outrider. It's a new game coming out. It's got a very Destiny Division 2 kind of feel with it. It's, you know, uptight, third-person, over-the-shoulder shooter. Uh, it's a little unique. Um, the basic story premise is, is that, you know, Earth is dead, and you're on a ship that's basically a colony ship, and you finally make it to your new destination, Uh, You land, and just as soon as you land, everything goes tits up, and you get thrown into a cryopod, and you wake up 30 years later, and everything's gone to hell. Um, There's four character classes. There is the pyro, the techno, the trickster, and I can't remember what the fourth one is off the top of my head. Uh, But you don't actually choose your character class at the start. You have to wait till you get out of the cryo before you can choose your character class and start doing character stuff. Uh, it's a little slow at the start. A lot of cutscenes. I was getting flashbacks to Metal Gear Solid 3 in terms of, you know, you <laughs> game for a minute and then you get a cutscene. And then you game for another two minutes and you get a long cutscene. Um, but they're going very heavy on the story for a looter shooter. And I really wouldn't call it a looter shooter because it's more methodical than that. But there is loot. Uh, for what I was able to do with it. Um, might play a little bit more of the demo. Don't know if I'm going to get the game or not, because it is a demo, so theoretically it should be okay, but I was getting some serious frame hit drops. 
Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I did hear that the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the demo came out for I think PS4 and PS5. Uh, I did download it. I haven't jumped into it yet because I've just been too busy with with other with other things. But uh, yeah, I've heard that it's kind of like you know Destiny esque. Um, we've fallen into an era of a lot of these live service, or not necessarily even live service games, falling into the trap of trying to be too Destiny. Like we're going to be talking about one later called Anthem, which did not succeed at doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's kind of like one of them, you know, you, every a trend works, everyone tries to follow it, some make it, some don't, and then the, um, crowd of those particular projects that have tried that thing gets sorted into, you know, successful and not successful, um, I mean, it's, it, to, to, to compare, to kind of compare that to a different part of the entertainment industry, um, the same thing is going to happen to streaming services, where there's, I don't know how many of them now, but it's going to get to a point where some of them are going to die off. The big ones are going to stay. There's going to be a few other ones. Um, just again, the case of like following a trend. And fair enough, if you know these companies see, like, oh, there's this Destiny model and it works pretty well. Maybe we'll try that. Uh, it's the same thing with um, battle royales. You know, we started off with PUBG and Fortnite, and then like Apex and everybody else tried to do it. Uh, even Call of Duty tried to do it as well, which I I never play. But um, yeah, I'll I'll give the demo a try when I've when I've got some time. I uh, don't know about this week particularly, but uh, I'll I'll try at some point soon. So, would you say it was good, bad overall? Uh, a little choppy with the frame rate. I didn't really get a chance to get too deep into the story. Story. It, it's mm-hmm. very heavy story driven. Uh, but to your point, pretty much every genre a game is like that. I mean. First-person shooters weren't called first-person shooters. They were called Doom clones because Doom did it the first and did it best, mm. and then everybody copied that. You know, EverQuest, you know, brought us the worlds of MMOs. Um, you know, tactical strategy like your uh, Command and Conquers, your Civilizations, they all spawned very similar uh, kinds of games, and that's just the way the industry always is. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the one market that I can look at. In terms of games, to stick to the actual, you know, podcast that we're doing here, um, is third-person um, platform games. I mean, we, we've had a bit of a resurgence with it, with you know, like the Spyro remakes, the Crash games, Ukulele w- w- was a thing as well. Um, but we're there's no way that, at least in terms of modern day, the sort of modern modern day revival of those. Obviously, that was a big thing in the nineties. But uh, we, we've had a bit of a revival of those, but it's not been oversaturated yet. Uh, obviously, we're going to have another Ratchet & Clank game. Ratchet & Clank, which is much much more um, action-focused than platform-focused. There's still platforming in there, but it's not the same as like a Spyro or a Crash. But uh, that's the one kind of um, non-saturated sort of uh, genre with games at the moment. Uh, and probably sports as well, because you know you look at something like football games, there's really only Pez and FIFA. That's basically it, because uh, obviously you know they 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 sort of fight each other for the rights for different things. So, um, but third person platforming, I'd say, is the one that's kind of not oversaturated yet. Uh, with, with like two D platforming and that kind of thing, I think that there's there's been quite a few of those. So we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, uh, so that's what you've been playing. Yeah, that's pretty much the bulk of what I've been playing. Cool. Uh, so I've been playing a bunch more Call of Duty. Uh, they updated the game i don't actually know what they updated actually they they did an update which was for season two of cold war i still i still even as a person who regularly plays this game 
I still don't understand the like cross progression thing between it and nobody else seems to know either because I do talk to people that play all three they play Warzone they play Modern Warfare and they play Cold War and even they're sort of like uh there's kind of this like prestige loose kind of prestige progression thing and I'm like okay right um but uh, it it doesn't work that the 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 way they got the prestige thing set up it doesn't work anywhere near the same way it used to work basically in, in the old call of duty games you're talking like 2000 and pretty, pretty much from cod 4 in 2007 you had like okay if you level up your profile whatever get to level 55 or it, it was different for different games you get to like level 55 let's say and you go to prestige one you then get everything reset you have a little like badge next to your thing to show that you're <coughs> excuse me uh prestige one um, but you then you then go to Prestige One. You'd have all of your weapons and everything reset, so obviously you could go and earn that stuff back. But as you're going and earning that stuff back, your level goes up, and then you Prestige again. But the idea is to go through the prestiges and sort of do that. Now, now that they've sort of moved to um, this like seasonal type of thing, to where like okay, every couple of months or so, every month or whatever, your rank just gets reset, and that's kind of it. Um, I mean, I don't actually really play the game specifically to level up. I play it because I do have have fun with it, and because it's good to play with the the friends that I've got, uh, and it's good to annoy people by killing them with RPGs because that's always just fun. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's like, I I don't really play it to actually like focus on my my rank. Uh, it's cool if it goes up and I maybe unlock something or whatever, whatever but um, it's just this like this is the first time Call of Duty's ever really properly tried sort of like combining three different things. Because um, what I do tend to notice is when I rank up, I unlock weapons for Cold War. So I guess that's how that kind of works. But then like I don't get how that works in Warzone, in in, in a way. Um, so I don't know. It's it's weird. But I've still been having fun anyway. I, I said to a few of my teammates today because I was playing a bit of it today. Um, it's so just for me as a you know as you know, my my sort of playstyle and stuff. Blowing people up with RPG is one of the most satisfying things you can do on that game. Both because it's just fun to shoot a rocket at somebody and see them explode, and secondly because it is one of the more there's there's three we- weapons that people hate getting killed by in the game. That's riot shields because you'll just get cornered and they'll just like you know shove you or whatever and you'll die. Shotguns obviously because people sit in corners and just get you with a shotgun when you come around the corner. And the third one is RPGs because people just don't like getting blown up, obviously. Um, but it, it's uh, it's it's great to annoy people by getting them with RPGs. So uh, plus you have to kind of be somewhat accurate with an RPG. Um, so it's not just the case of shooting it an area and and kind of good luck. But <clears throat> that was been uh, pretty fun. That's kind of a Call of Duty update. Uh, I want to give a Pez update as well. Pro Evolution Soccer, one of the games that I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, I'm doing my uh, coach mode thing I am right near the end of the season I am two points clear of Man City the league the league um, title race is very 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 close because uh, they keep winning and so do I so if one of us slips up then um, it's going to be down to the other person to kind of finish off the title but um, yeah I'm two points clear of them so I know that like damn if I draw or lose or something and then they win that could be it could be over kind of thing which I, I like the the intenseness and the sort of um uh 
the struggle of that by like trying to trying to win games and things. I've turned the difficulty up as well because I was winning games a little bit too easily. Um, but the players respond somewhat better than what they did before in the previous Pez um, career mode. So I've been I've been really really enjoying that. I played against Barcelona earlier today in the uh, what they call the European competition or something like that. They, they can't have like the proper names because FIFA's got them. Um, but uh, beat Barcelona two nil in in the first leg of that, um, so that was quite good. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm in like the quarterfinals of different competitions, and like, there's like eight games left of the league, so I'm really right at that like vital part of the season, right at the end to where like okay, if I if I lose a game, I'm probably out of a competition. So uh, I I like the challenge of that. So um, what else I've been playing? Uh, I kind of stopped playing uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I like the game. I think it's a great game. I really do. I don't have any like technical issues or sort of performance issues with it or any sort of just quality issues with it. It's just that like I started to sort of I start I took your advice from before. You remember when I said like oh you know you only get two minutes and I was trying to sort of do everything in two minutes. And remember when you said about like just go for one thing per run and sort of just tick the objectives off as you, as you go through i was started doing that i started to get better at it and and sort of unlock more things and then i was doing really well with it but then i just kind of stopped and asked myself like okay am i actually having fun with this or am i just sort of ticking off a checklist and it felt like i was just more taking off a checklist so i kind of just stopped maybe i'll go back to it one day but i don't want to say i was bored by it i was just sort of like i don't know it just felt like i was not really enjoying the actual fun of the skating i was more just trying to go for the particular things in the level so it just didn't particularly grab me from that uh aspect i thought the game was great like i said i think it's a really great remaster and i definitely recommend it if you're if you're into that but yeah it just kind of just kind of didn't completely grab me um but i did play about four or five levels so uh that was good of what i enjoyed of it uh what was the other thing that i played um it's pretty much been pretty much been those three so yeah uh but that's pretty much what we've been playing uh let's get into a bit of housekeeping we'll see you for that in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra so whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcast over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, today I did the February 2021 edition of the chat podcast, talked about some new menus on the website, I'll get into all of that in a minute, some updates to the actual menus in the website, uh, talked a little bit more about like COVID and some other things, not like numbers or anything, just sort of how things are in the country and updates and that kind of thing, so, uh, and just a, just a few uh, few questions I have about different things and uh, how certain things kind of work, just, just that kind of general chit chat about that on the chat podcast uh talks about a bunch of other things as well of course how the month went for february in 2021 and kind of looking looking at numbers and things so if you're interested in that kind of stuff uh, i do the chat podcast once a month and you can always go back and have a look at previous episodes as well so there's that uh categories list a bit of a uh, update to the website so if you go onto the website entertainmenttalk.org and you have a look at the menus now if you're if you're looking at the website on a phone uh for for a mobile um web browser you will have the drop down version of the menu basically you just click the little tab button and the menu will drop down for you uh so we've now got home reviews video games podcasts tv categories list films movies and then more and other so the changes that i've made just to quickly explain we used to have an on-air TV and an off-air TV separate sections. I stopped kind of updating them because I just got kind of behind with it. And then I just thought if I put all of the different categories for all the different shows and everything that we've got into one list and just call it categories list. So basically if you're browsing around on the website and you're not aware of like everything that we do because we've done quite a lot over the years on uh, Entertainment Talk. If you just click on categories list you'll see a list of everything that we've done on Entertainment Talk and you'll see a list as well of creators for the website. So that will be me, Robert, David, Bex, Gray and who's the who's the other person uh barry as well so you'll see if you want to look like individually for for different people's opinions you can click on that as well if you want to just click on you know walking dead or american horror story the witcher tv it's all listed in there so uh, just click on categories list i made the writing a little bit bigger for it as well so it's uh better to, to to see and to easier to click on and stuff so just go on the website click on categories list and you'll be able to find everything that we do on there so there's just an update for that um, and of course if you're looking on the website on the desktop version you don't need to click on the drop down menu because everything is laid out in front of you so I uh, just uh, did an update for that so I thought that was good to do I uh, did a film review yesterday as well um, which is called Flora and Ulysses now this is a new film on Disney Plus and no you don't have to pay the premium fee like you did with Mulan or whatever you can go on Disney Plus and watch it as part of your subscription it's about an hour and a half good uh, family friendly fun sort of film with this um, squirrel called Ulysses and this young girl called Flora and some cool stuff that happens in the film gave it a don't skip rating I thought it was a lot of fun so you can check that out as well if you want to that should be available on Disney Plus wherever disney plus is available so you can have a look out for that uh over on the united cast uh manchester united drew nil nil disappointingly with chelsea not good enough from the team not enough effort put in a lack of sort of 
uh, if if I say a lack of hunger, does that make sense? A lack of sort of hunger from the team to yeah, passion. try better. Yeah, lack of passion, lack of hunger from the team. Uh, so that was very disappointing to see. Uh, but we do play against Crystal Palace tomorrow night. So we'll see how we get on with that. Uh, what else we got here? Let's just scroll through a couple of things. Um, scripted reviews did three of those. We've got the Sweet Home Season 1 review. That's a Netflix show. I gave that a skip rating. Untold Goose Game did a scripted review for that. I gave that a must-play rating. Uh, that's the one that I've been talking about recently on the podcast. Uh, and a scripted review for Ted Lasso Season 1. That's an Apple TV Plus series, uh, which I think won an award this week. I think Jason uh, Suduk uh, won, won an award for that. I gave that a must-see rating as well, so you can check that out. Uh, just a couple of other things. Uh, gaming Talk last week, we talked about the Nintendo Direct. We talked about Konami, and we talked about PlayStation VR 2 as well, the new edition of that hardware coming that's that's going to be arriving not this year. Uh, Analyzing Television Episode 8 talked about why structure is important within the context of an episode. And that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, lots to get into there, so let's get into some news. Alright, just, just one more note quickly before we do get into news. Uh, the Walking Dead has returned for the third part of its 10th season and we'll be doing the podcast with David for that tomorrow. So look out for that. Um, I think I'll go first. I've got some of the uh, PlayStation State of Play things to talk about. Um, before we get into the specifics of the presentation, uh, what did you think of it itself, Robert? It was alright. It didn't blow me away, but then again, it you know they've always been a little tame it was a lot longer than i thought it would be yeah yeah i think it wound up being like 50 minutes Mm, yeah it was wasn't it Uh, because usually the directs and the uh state of plays are what 20 30 minutes maybe um but the last uh, it's interesting the nintendo direct from last week was about 50 minutes and the state of play from this week was the same length so um disappointed happy overall what would you what would you kind of go with it was all right yeah yeah, it was alright. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. There was a few things that stuck out to me. Um, one big thing that I did ask for, uh, and I said I'd be very happy to, to have, is to show a bit more of Oddworld Soulstorm, which uh, Lauren, I think it's Lauren Lanning is his name, um, over Oddworld Inhabitants. Um, they showed a bit more of Oddworld Soul, Soulstorm, and I said to kind of like, a bonus would be if they gave a release date because they did say that they're going to try and announce a date before the end of February or by the end of February and that they're going to hope to release it at the end of you know spring sometime and we've got exactly that we've got an April 6th 2021 date uh, this is for PS4 and PS5 um, they did say something that if you've got PlayStation Plus and you bought the uh, PS4 version that you can get the PS5 version like the upgrade version for free uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that continues as we, because we're still kind of transitioning into next gen. You know, most people don't even have the next gen systems because they're so unavailable. Um, I was really, really happy with what they showed here. I think this game looks absolutely incredible. Um, it's just really, really nice to see. You know, all all, all these years later, because um, I think it was 1999, maybe, odd the Old World Exodus. 
this this isn't this isn't a remaster or remake of this game. This is sort of like okay, if you remake or remaster this game, and then just add a bunch of really cool stuff to it. I'm I'm really really genuinely massively impressed with with what we got shown here. There's just there's so many ideas that like if you look at those P those PS1 uh, the two Abe games on the PS1 um, odd. Uh, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey and Oddworld Abe's Exodus and you look at what they're doing here and you think back to how now this isn't me criticizing the early PS1 games obviously you're talking about 20 something years ago how basic those look as compared to what we're what they're able to do now which is a credit to what they're able to do now and obviously they couldn't do some of these things back then because they didn't really have the same technology but one of the things i never even thought about that never even crossed my mind because it's not really my job to do so necessarily because i'm not a game developer is this idea that you can like scavenge from the slugs and from the not the not the slugs sorry the sligs and um you can kind of like craft things and you've got a weapon wheel if you'd have maybe told me a couple of years ago or something that that was one of the ideas, that, that there's a way that that's not done correctly. That, like that an idea of a weapon wheel in an in an Abe game does sound somewhat ridiculous, but it really makes sense with like because you were never able to scavenge off of the slags or or any of the enemies. It was simply a case of you either run away or chant and take control of the enemy, or you just run away or, or escape in some way. Um, but the the part where this really really works well for me is it's not like you can pick up his gun and start like shooting your way through through the game. It's still fundamentally Abe, and because the things that you're seemingly able to make, because obviously I haven't revealed everything about it yet, but like the way that you can kind of pick up um, bits of ammo, and by ammo I don't mean like bullets. I mean things basic things like rocks, things that you could already use in the Abe games. Um, and maybe some sort of like little bombs and stuff, but I think where Abe's gonna get this correct is like you're not gonna. I can't really see a scenario in this game where you've got like thirty bombs, um, or like thirty or forty bombs or something, and you're just like exploding your way through the game kind of thing. I do feel like you're gonna have say a maximum of like ten or something, um, or even like the the pieces of meat that you could use to distract the more um animal type of enemies that you get in the game um I, I i i was i was really blown away by when they when they started showing that and just just the scope and the scale of this game is it, it's interesting because lauren lanning has been talking about this game for about two three maybe four years and has been saying like it has just been saying over and over again that we promise you that like the, the scale of this game is going to be huge this is just going to be like a like almost completely reimagined version of the second game which was closer to what they wanted to do uh, obviously they had limitations and time constraints when they went to make this game first time around. Um, but just, th this is on a, I mean, I've, I haven't seen the game yet, I haven't played it myself or whatever. We, we've seen we've seen very little of this game, but the amount that we have seen does really kind of tease and just show the massive scale here. I'm just, I'm, I'm just very, very impressed with this and it's my most most anticipated game at the moment. Uh, I know you're not as into Oddworld Soulstorm as what I am, but uh, what did you think of, of what they showed? Yeah, I mean, all the games they showed were interesting in the sense that they looked really good. Obviously, mm -hmm. the ones that were upscaled for PS5 are going to look that good. Uh, there's a lot of games that they showed. They I actually showed a lot more than I thought they were going to. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but uh, I'm really, really 
looking forward to this. Um, April 6th, which is not going to be... It's not actually too far away. We're, we're into March already. So, in fact, it's just over a month until the game comes out. So, um, I'm really, really excited to play it. I can't wait. I can't wait to just see... Because I feel like there's... In a good way, there's a lot of stuff that they haven't shown us. And I don't want to... I don't need to see any more of this game. I mean, I was already sold a long time ago. But just the, the more that they've shown, the more I've just been impressed. And... Um, I just, yeah, really looking forward to it. So, we shall see. Uh, it's just great to see something from the 90s make this kind of comeback. And it's been really interesting for me as a person, you know, growing up in the 90s, was born in 94. And I lived through, you know, Toy Story and Crash and you know, some of the early Spider-Man, in like, the, more of the early 2000s, but like I said, the early Spider-Man films and Abe and Metal Gear Solid and... It's just been great to see this resurgence of these these games from the 90s. Because not only does it hit like an, a nostalgic spot for me, obviously. But I just feel like most of those things, apart from Metal Gear Solid, um, have just been treated so well. And uh, it's just it's just, it's just just a very personal delight for me to, to, to see that. So, yeah, looks really good. Uh, the other game that really stood out to me was uh, Returnal. Um, what did you think of what they showed of that? Yeah, that one definitely has my interest. I'm not quite sure where they're going with it. I don't know if it's going to be like a PS5 exclusive or if I'm going to be able to play it on my PS4 or even if I can play it on my PS4, if it'll be playable. Um, but that one definitely has my interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks... Um, did you ever play Control? Uh, I think I have it on one of the platforms as a you know the free sure monthly, it's... but I don't think I've ever gotten around to playing it. Yeah, I'm sure it's PS a PS Plus game. So, um, all boards for last. Yeah, it must have been last month because we only just got into this month. So, because um, the Ultimate Edition they they released this looks very Control esque, but, but but with more of a sort of space setting. I was gonna say sci fi, but Control is definitely sci fi. Um, more more of a sort of sci fi in space as opposed to like attempting a somewhat grounded sci fi story. Uh, but yeah, just really cool looking kind of monsters and, and that sort of thing. Um, I think it's going to depend for me with that game as to, as to the flow of the gameplay. Like how well can you move and things. Because there did seem to be a lot of like... like if I'm going to compare this to Control, which I'm kind of doing. Control was somewhat quite linear in, in that kind of way. Like it, you had a big building that you were walking around in but you weren't really looking behind you very much or and, until some of the, the later stages where the where the game like opened up a lot more um but you weren't really sort of looking around like looking behind you that much not from what i remember anyway i mean it's been about a year or two since whenever that game came out i think that was i'm sure that was a 2019 game um but yeah you weren't really like looking behind you much you weren't really in like massive open areas this seems to be doing more of that um obviously it's a different developer anyway so you know it's not going to be the the same thing but i'm wondering like if there's going to be how quickly you're going to be able to turn around how smooth that kind of is and and how they're going to handle that because it did seem to be in certain parts of it kind of frantic and uh you gotta sort of um get that right so we'll see but it's definitely got my interest i wonder what the story will be like as well that will be kind of cool so we shall see. Um, those are the two things that I remembered and that I wrote down that were of note from the state of play. Um, overall, I thought it was good. You know, they did the Final Fantasy things as well. I did see online that a lot of people were very happy about that. So I'm very happy for the Final Fantasy fans that are able to um, experience more of the franchise that they love. 
Um, because they said something about the uh, Final Fantasy VII remaster or remake getting a like new episode or or something. I saw that the those fans of those games were really happy about that. So like we say before, like we've always said, you know, if you're not a fan of something, it's cool when other people enjoy the things that they enjoy. So, um, anything else of note from from you? From State of yeah, Play? the one the one game that I kind of caught on to was uh, Sifu. And I, and it's more because I don't remember the last time. I oh, was that, that the a non- martial arts game. Yeah, that yeah, a yeah, non-fighting yeah. game, martial arts game, has been on the market. That mm. wasn't a side-scroller beat 'em up. Um, and this kind of had those hints of that, but it also uh, it, it it looked a little bit more freeform, mm. which there hasn't really been that many freeform martial arts games. So I'm always a little curious on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of that type of genre. Um... The two games that come to mind that are a bit more arcadey uh, is the Yakuza series, which I've spent about three hours in. This just, just wasn't really quite for me, unfortunately. Uh, but that's more just sort of arcadey, chaotic fighting. This seems to be a lot more grounded and focused. And the other game, mm-hmm. which is one of the most underrated games I've ever played, which is Sleeping Dogs. Um, yeah, now, very underrated game. I yeah, love that game. I really, really, really enjoyed that game. Um, it's got some really weird AI things. Like when the police take civilians hostage for cover. That's very strange. But uh, other than that, uh, the game's really, really, really good. Um, it took a little bit of time to get used to the kind of the fighting and the shooting. But once I got a grip of it, it was uh, it was particularly great. So um, I don't think we're going to get a sequel to Sleeping Dogs, which is a, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, It's a real shame that we're not getting a sequel to that game. And mm-hmm. if we were, we would have gotten it by now. Yeah, so. probably. So, um, but... Yeah, that was. If you're looking in the meantime before this game comes out, if you're looking for a good kind of fighting game um, that's more kind of brawler esque, uh, that's one that I'd recommend. So uh, I think it's one that we'd both recommend by the sounds of things. So because uh, the the only other fighting game I've ever particularly massively enjoyed was Injustice Two, and that's obviously completely different with DC and superheroes and that sort of stuff. So uh, there was that other game as well. Um, I can't remember the. I couldn't remember the name of it, so I didn't get to write it down. It was with the. It's with the young woman, and she's sort of shooting these like spirits and that kind of stuff. I remember the release date came up as August. I can see the game in my mind, but I can't think of what it was called. Is it like Kenya of Kenya of Spirits or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that looks. That looks particularly quite good. Um, what did you think of that? It looked all right. It didn't completely jump out at me, but it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm curious about that one. Uh, anything else from State of Play? Nope, that's pretty much it. Okay, cool. So we'll see what happens with those. Obviously, the next big thing on my radar, Old World Soulstorm, April 6th. Um, very, very excited, if I've not said that enough already. But uh, that was the State of Play. Very interesting, interesting stuff there. And, of course, good news for Final Fantasy fans as well. Uh, let's get back to a topic we brought up a couple of weeks ago when this um, news cropped up. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that EA was going to make a decision about what what was actually called Anthem Next. Uh, but, you know, it's Anthem. It was the revival of Anthem. Um, and there was reports going around at that point that EA was going to decide whether or not Anthem Next was going to be cancelled or it was going to live. They've made the decision and to the surprise of kind of nobody... EA has cancelled Anthem next. Uh, Robert, you're probably as surprised as everybody else, which is not very surprised at all. Um, what do you think of Anthem dying? A slow and painful uh, death? 
Well, I mean, technically Anthem Next died. Technically, you still can get on the Anthem servers can, and play no the game. Future for it. Yeah, there's no, there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm okay with it. I mean, it always sucks when you try something and fail, and the fact that you know there's going to be people that are probably going to lose their jobs. There's probably going to be some people that get shifted around for a job. Um, and I was never a big fan of the game, but this because it didn't really offer anything so unique that I felt like a need to play it. Like when uh, um, Division came out, I mean, yeah, we've done third-person cover-based over the shooters before, but it was unique enough in that it was a Tom Clancy story um, based in New York City. So that was enough. Well, actually, no. The first one was in... Yeah, the first one was in New York. The second one was in D.C. Mm -hmm. So that story and setting gave it enough of a unique identity to warrant investigation. This one, you're kind of on a generic planet. Um, Obviously, I only played the demo, so the story was kind of locked, so I don't know if the story captured anybody or not, but I'm guessing not since they couldn't get a whole lot of people to play it. Um, From what I read, it got very repetitive very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the fact that they're not going to sink however many hundreds of millions of dollars to reboot a game that nobody could get their attention on in the first place is not, not overly shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a shame for those people working on the game. So correct me if I'm wrong. Now, obviously we don't know the ins and outs of the development. They worked on this thing for a year or about a year, I think. And then EA was just like, no, we're throwing it in the bin. <laughs> Kinda, but that's not that unimpressive. How many years did uh, Microsoft spend on developing Scalebound, and eventually they just decided it wasn't worth it? Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. But um, I don't know. Uh, but we we do have an update, which is that uh, Bioware is going to be working on a more single player focused Dragon Age Four. So that's that's quite good. Uh, I don't have any particular anticipation level for Dragon Age Four. Um, and just kind of middle on it until we see more, until the game's actually a bit more ready. Uh, in terms of Anthem itself, um, I'm not surprised either. Uh, I think we both kind of predicted, or basically everybody predicted, that they would uh, behead Anthem. Uh, like we said, you can still log on and play it, but for how much longer we don't particularly know. Uh, obviously the game's not going to get any more updates, but this is just an, another example. Um, stop accepting bad triple a video games um in it's particularly funny in this case because some people did accept the game and did play it and did take some interest but clearly not enough people did accept the bad triple a video game because it's no longer getting updated so um but this is just again like i mentioned earlier with the whole destiny thing this was just another example of like okay let's make this this kind of sort of interesting world with this sort of like iron man-esque sort of gameplay um and uh you know put it into a live service kind of half story thing a bit like what the avengers is doing basically yeah um, and then uh what was i going to say yeah put put it into that and then just try to do this like destiny style thing and it just it just didn't particularly work um cuz you've got to just okay if you're going to do the destiny style thing and try and copy it fair enough you know cuz destiny's obviously very successful and has had multiple expansions and the sequel um, you've got to at least do a good job with your own interpretation of that particular gameplay, and they just didn't really. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I remember now that you say about actually playing the game. I think I remember when the alpha or like the the demo or whatever came out, and I tried to play it, and I don't think it. 
is either that it didn't load or it wanted me to have gold or something like that and I just I never actually got to play it anyway um so I just I never got to experience it myself but um yeah it is what it is so but uh that's what's gonna happen with Anthem but uh, I suppose at least Bioware can move over to Dragon Age 4 and at least they can focus their uh development on that from now on so uh, and in terms of what I said I think somebody wrote in either last week or the week before about like uh suggestions and stuff if you want I'm telling you if you want an I if you want an Iron Man-esque game which is what this gameplay was looking to offer play Iron Man VR it's such a good game and I, I get it you know you do have to have the additional VR uh, component to play the game and you are required to do that and have a PS4 I do understand that there's a somewhat barrier to entry but if you've got those two things if you do have the available uh, if you are available to, to play or able sorry to play those the, the game and you do have a PS4 and a VR unit go and play Iron Man VR it's it's such a good game I just feel like everyone kind of completely overlooked it I th- I think that everyone had this assumption that Iron Man VR was this like on rail shooter there's nothing like that at all there's nothing like that at all um there was I was I was actually surprised myself when when the story started to kind of kick on and I was like huh there's a fair bit of effort being put in here is it the best story in a game I've ever seen no but it was quite interesting and um you know you got ghost in there you got pepper you've got a couple of other characters and things um and this kind of story about like you know ghost from uh, the ant-man or wasp film um versus tony and there's this whole like history there it was it was quite interesting I, I really quite enjoyed it and then the gameplay itself i found quite rewarding as you sort of leveled up your character you could um unlock like more rockets and things and just like change your weapons and kind of change change and upgrade different things that was really good um and uh the, the flying mechanics flying mechanics sure took a bit of time to get used to i didn't expect to you know jump in there and start flying around perfectly straight away but once i got used to them i had a blast flying around uh and kind of being iron man and stuff um the only ba- the only real barrier to entry there i suppose is people with more motion sickness because you might get some of that because you're going to be shooting up into the air and stuff but yeah if you had any kind of interest in anthem or you want an iron man type game it's right there iron man vr so that would be my suggestion for that so uh, any suggestions of yourself or, or anything no and i saw some of your uh gameplay when you went on twitch for iron man vr i'm not a vr person but that is a game that it looks like i would play mm-hmm and I did manage to get uh, Anthem to load up during the beta. And I think I remember commenting on the podcast that you very much were just zipping around like Iron Man and you know, in the game. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. The difference, of course, as well, is you can actually play as Iron Man in Iron Man VR, which is cool. So uh, that's good. It's not. I don't think it's Robert Downey Jr. doing the voice, but the voice actor is quite, quite good for that. Um, it's also a fun uh, kitchen thing that you can kind of mess around with as well that was that was pretty fun so it's all there to to be explored uh let's move on from anthem and the death of that um so we talked i think again it was maybe a couple of weeks ago about e3 was was going to be a thing this year i've not seen this confirmed i've just seen lots of different reports that e3 is possibly cancelled for this year now i don't want to say it is definitely cancelled because i haven't seen anything like official from e3 themselves but there started to be this sort of like um someone who reported on like something to do with the location that e3 was going to be held in um 
and said that like it wasn't on the schedule or, or something like that. I think that's just, this is how it started, and then everybody, of course, jumped on and and started reporting it. Um, so I don't have too much to myself to say about that. We'll see officially, I guess, with, in in some time uh, if it is cancelled or not, or not. But uh, any thoughts yourself on the possibility of that? I'm assuming it's going to be virtual again this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did see a thing to where San Diego Comic Con was officially going either virtual or canceled. Like the in, yeah, the in yeah. events are going to be you know not there, which is not surprising. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in terms of games, we kind of got to a stage where, okay, PlayStation could do a state of play, Nintendo could do a direct, well, they always do a direct anyway, uh, Xbox could do one of their, um, what's the official name for their presentations? Show- showcase, wasn't it, I think? Um, like Xbox Game Showcase, I think that's what Something they call like it. that. Yeah, yeah, they haven't done one of them for a little bit of time, but they can do that. Ubisoft have got their forward events, uh, EA have got EA Play, which is always just the same thing anyway and uh ubisoft what's it what's the other one ea ubisoft bethesda's got their um they had a particular name for their presentations as well um who else is there Any, anybody else can kind of like be in playstation state of play or, or on the xbox showcase event or whatever so you can still have like these companies go out and do their own presentations it doesn't have to be labeled as e3 but it would just be nice if you know we get to june this year and just everybody shows something it doesn't have to be specifically e3 but as long as everybody kind of like okay we got this direct or this state of play or whatever and they kind of at least show off some games so uh, i mean they'll probably do those things anyway because they want to update people throughout the year but We'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, with E3. I do miss the kind of like I know there's like no additional sort of gain from it, but just someone coming out on the stage and talking about the game and showing it off on the dashboard thing behind them or on the screen behind them, uh, and kind of just you know talking about it and playing it on the stage or like someone picks up a controller and you think oh they're gonna play the game and I don't know I I kind of I kind of miss um miss that happening. I especially miss as well you know the fact that we didn't get um both the heads of Xbox and PlayStation, you know, go onto a stage, reveal the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. We just kind of got those in video format. Uh, I mean, if you remember, we got the Xbox Series X reveal at the Game Awards. Um, mm-hmm. two, was it two years ago? The year before? Yeah, came, about right? yeah. about two years ago. Two years ago almost, yeah. So uh, things, things can change. Things could be different. So we'll just have to see um, what happens with all of it. So... Uh, let's move on from that. That's all the. Oh no, that's not all the news I've got. Sorry, I do have some other things that I've screenshotted on my phone. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, which has definitely been a game surrounded by con- con- uh, controversy. I almost couldn't say the word. Uh, I've got an update for the game today about um, some car- character customization. So it says here this is from Bloomberg. Um, but it says here, Hogwarts Legacy, which is the name of the upcoming game, uh, will have uh, trans-inclusive character creation. Uh, players will be able to customise their character's voice and body type, as well as choose witch or wizard. Um, that determines how they are addressed during the game. So I assume like when a character talks to you, or you know, when a quest comes up, or, or, or one of those sorts of things. Um, I think this is great. There's no reason this shouldn't be in the game. I mean, there are, you know, obviously transgender people that do play video games. That's pretty obvious. Um, and it just serves to make them feel that they're included. There's This doesn't make the game um, worse. Some people think that it does for some reason. 
um, in, in my opinion, makes the game better because it just gives those people the option to be to be kind of included. And if you want, if you are a transgender person, you do want to walk around playing as uh, a transgender sort of character, and you want to have the options that are uh, more suited to, to what you'd like to, to play as in the game. There's no harm in that at all. Uh, it just means that those people will be able to have uh, potentially, you know, better time playing the game because they'll be able to players uh, more more sort of what they want or whatever. But um, I think this is quite good news. Um, what do you think about this kind of inclusion of that? Uh, honestly, I don't really have an opinion either way for it. Uh, my only real question was I could have, and this might be completely wrong on my part. I could have swore that this was getting t- was taking place in like the 1800s. Or am I just remembering that I wrong? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because it's supposed to take place, like, quite a lot okay. of time before uh, Harry Potter. So Yeah, and, and so that's just kind of a, a like, a, a mental disconnect for me because trans wasn't really a thing back then. But then again, they're magic characters, so that's something they could easily do. So it kind of balances right. out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't care either way. I'm not super huge into the Harry Potter universe. I don't really play the games i've seen the movies but i don't really like watch watch the movies mm-hmm. so um this being a thing neither affects me or disaffects me so yep cool but uh yeah if you'd like to have those options in game it seems like they will be available to you and i think that, that is very very cool so um let's move on from that because there's not too much else to say there but witch and wizard that would be quite kind of cool as well um i wonder when they're going to show a bit more of the game uh, i think it's supposed to come out next year so again possible e3 kind of thing we're going to get to that point now aren't we <laughs> where um we uh we, we think of a game that's coming out and we're like oh we'll see more e3 oh we'll see more e3 <laughs> i think we'll probably end up uh starting to say that i mean i've already kind of started it so yeah that will probably become a thing on the podcast uh let's move on to some kind of curious news here about sony uh, it says here, Sony has said it will discontinue movie and TV purchases and rentals on the PlayStation Store as of August. So August this year, which is in a couple of months' time. Um, a lot of people have made the suggestion, and I kind of the reason I'm bringing this up is because I both think it's interesting and because I agree. So if we've noticed over the last couple of years, uh, PlayStation, I think it's called PlayStation Productions or PlayStation Studios or something, um, which is making adaptions of their video games and tv shows into um sorry making adaptions of their video games into films and tv shows uh the last of us isn't actually part of that because that's through hbo um the uncharted film is because that's a that's directly a sony film but uh because the last of us is being made by hbo it's under development by you know hbo um there's a bunch of other ones that have been kind of teased as well i think that there was a uh twisted metal tv show that's in in early development but this is all going to be under these things are all going to be under the banner of playstation productions now thing that a lot of people suggested is if sony's going to kind of not necessarily do their own streaming service but use the tv and video sorry the tv and movie sections of the playstation store to only sell their own you know products that they're working on because the uncharted film is probably going to be the first of those i think that's you know what i've completely forgotten the release date of that film because it's been delayed so many times um that's probably going to be the first one like i said last of us isn't part of that um last of us will probably still be you know advertised on the playstation store because it's a playstation ip um or a naughty dog ip um but 
it would kind of make sense in a certain way of if they remove like you know going and buying you know, Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or seasons of Rick and Morty or whatever all these kind of to them third party TV shows that they have no ownership of um, if they kind of remove some of them and then had the PlayStation store the TV and film sections with their own productions would kind of make sense um so that's why I, I basically I agree with other people when they said that that's probably what they're looking to do. Um, what do you think is is going on here? Yeah, that's probably what they're looking to do too. Um, I didn't see anything about Microsoft changing theirs because they do have a digital store. Yeah. I actually use their rental, their movie rental, quite a bit because you can usually find a decent movie that you've probably wanted to see for a little bit as like a five dollar rental. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's not unexpected. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I do hope that Microsoft at least keeps theirs. I mean, they're not doing the same thing that PlayStation's doing, which is this like PlayStation productions, like dedicated TV shows and films. Which, by the way, I'm very happy that Sony's pursuing that idea because then it might, you know, Uncharted film might be quite good. Last of Us, I'm in t- look, looking forward to and all that. Um, but uh, I hope I hope at least that in terms of like renting TV shows and and films, more so with film, because m- most of the TV shows that I do watch are probably on streaming services that I'm already subscribed to, like Disney Plus, Netflix, whatever else. Um, but uh, it would be good for Microsoft to not do that. I mean, they've they've not shown any intention to do this sort of like, uh, apart from Halo, which is going to be now on Paramount Plus. Uh, they've not really opened up the same sort of like Xbox productions thing or whatever. They seem to be sort of just because Halo's the only one I think that they're currently planning anyway. Um, although there was the is there a Gears of War film in development? I think I remember um, hearing about. I think there is a Gears. I think there is a Gears in development. Yeah, and it's not that Microsoft has never done anything. It's just they've never really put a huge amount of effort into it. Yeah, remember yeah. they did that one. Uh, um, documentary about all the ET cartridges being buried in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they've they've not opened up like a Xbox productions the same way that PlayStation's doing. So I'm not I'm not expecting Microsoft to do the same thing. I think that they'll keep their rental digital stores. Um, do you think this is possibly an indication as well? Seeing as they're going to discontinue this, that maybe no, not many people are using it. Because let's face it, going on going onto the PlayStation Store to do anything. And I mean anything is uh, quite a task sometimes because <laughs> it just it does not load very well. So do you think maybe that they're just not having much much success with TV and film rentals on the PlayStation? Yeah, probably. Store? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, even things like playing trailers of games just buffers all the time and that kind of stuff. I know that the PS5 integration of the PlayStation Store is better, but I'm just talking about the success so far on the on PS4. So we'll see. We'll see how all that all that kind of um, rolls out uh we do have another big piece of news um fall guys which is a game that we we did that uh let's play some time ago didn't we that was pretty mm-hmm. fun to do um should consider doing another one of those it doesn't take too much like setup and that so we'll try and do one soon as well uh but epic games um has acquired mediatonic which is the developer behind fall guys um don't know what this means for the future of fall guys i'm going to assume it's going to keep going it's been relatively successful not as successful as maybe among us or something um but still pretty successful you know they've got their second season of fall guys that's come out i think the game's been released onto 
think it's Switch as well that it came out on recently. Uh, it's available on you know PlayStation, Xbox, PC. So it's been pretty successful. Um, I I don't I don't know exactly what this means right now for what the future of Fall Guys um, holds or whether Epic's just going to use this <coughs> uh, use the developer for other games. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? Uh, hard telling. I mean, they the Epic Store's got enough money that they can buy anything, so this is just them doing what they do, so. Yeah, so, um, it might just even be a business money thing. Um, so, we'll see. But a bit bit too early to kind of guess anything from there, but uh, it's a pretty big purchase nonetheless, I think. So, we will see how it goes. Um, I think that's everything I had. Yes, that's everything I got for this week. Um, what did you want to talk about today? Uh, first up is a really cool auction, Evening of Wishes, Hope from Home, which is uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation mm-hmm. out of the Mid-Atlantic, did an auction with uh, Todd Howard. So the way the auction read, because it has officially ended, is that everyone loves creating their own version of their hero in the games, but very few players actually get to become the hero, become a character within the game itself. The winner of this package will work with the award-winning studios at Bethesda Game Studios, including executive producer Howard Howard, to create a character for their highly anticipated upcoming game, Starfield. But it does not stop there. You will also win a brand new, hard-to-find Xbox Series X, 16 Bethesda games, and some time with the development software team to have your character made. Uh, The auction did close at a final sale for $15,600, so that is... uh, you know, really good that it's a charity. It's also going to be interesting to see how much of that leaks out of Bethesda when the person. It kind of depends on what kind of NDA they sign, um, right. prizes. But you got to figure sooner or later that's going to leak out some amount of, uh, um, you know, info for Starfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, re- I really like the uh, Make a Wish Foundation. Uh, I think it's a really really cool thing. I catch it sometimes on uh tv and that like different things that they've been been doing because this is something that's been going on for a very very long time uh probably uh, I, I don't know like before i was born maybe I, I don't know how long specifically but uh quite a long time and i've seen some really cool things achieved with this and uh it's just great when uh companies are willing to you know um just p- participate in it so uh yeah credit to to bethesda for being able to do that or being willing to do that and uh I think that's very very cool. So, what do you what do you think? Yeah, it's super cool. I just did a quick uh, history search. In the spring of 1980, uh, 7-year-old Christopher James, and I'm can't even begin to pronounce his name, was being treated for leukemia. He aspired to be a police officer. US Customs officer Tommy Austin befriended Chris and worked with Frank Shanswitz and officers at the Arizona Department of Public Safety to, pan, to plan an experience to lift gracious spirits. Cliff spent the day with the police officer, rode in a helicopter, received a custom-tailored uniform, and was sworn in as an honorary public safety patrolman. Um, unfortunately, he did, do, he did die soon afterward, but his inspiration became his, um, his wish became the inspiration for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Cool. See? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, not the latter part, obviously, the part where he got yeah. what he uh, what he wanted for, um, or what, what he wanted to get, and that. But um, yeah, it's great that these kind of things do exist, and people can use them to make their dreams come true. I mean, you you can't say there's anything bad about that. So, uh, really, really cool. 
Uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, on his Instagram page, uh, Henry Cavill is mm. teasing another project. You can see him sitting in a chair getting makeup done. He's got a bottle of something in front of him, and then there's a very blurry page. And the project re- the post reads, secret project or just a handful of paper with random words on it. Guess you'll have to wait and see. But apparently there is a software program called Focus Magic, which tends to which tries to unblur uh, photographs. And using that program, words such as Cerberus, Talia, Zora, and Geth became available, hmm. which of course sparked uh, regulations, uh, speculations rather, that is some sort of Mass Effect project. Cool. Awesome. Um, um, if you want to give it a shot, according to the post, uh, focus filter with blur width 18, normal noise removal, and highest accuracy gives a good result. Cool. Um, I mean, who doesn't love Henry Cavill? Um, he's one of the maybe the best actors at the moment. Um, his his CV must be ridiculous now because he's been Superman, one of the biggest characters in the world. Geralt of Rivia, granted not as popular as Superman, but still an awesome character. He's been Sherlock Holmes in uh, Enola Holmes because he played her uh, brother in the film. Um, and at least from my opinion, I hope he does something like I don't know James Bond or something one day. I think that would be really really cool. Um, I mean, Warner Brothers clearly doesn't want him back for some reason as Superman, otherwise they would have done it by now. Uh, and they are, we, there was some news this week that they are rebooting Superman, or doing a reboot of what, uh, whatever we, Warner Brothers is doing with Superman, whatever whatever that is. But uh, Henry Cavill, um, I think he's great if he gets involved with some sort of Mass Effect thing, whether it's a TV show, game, film, or whether it's a, I don't know, could could be anything. Um... I mean, there's not many things, you, not many properties you could label to me and say like, "Hey, do you want Henry Cavill in this?" And I'm very unlikely to say no, um, just because I just just think he's proven himself over and over again. I mean, he he proved me wrong. You know, I'll, I'll openly say that when when he was cast as uh, Geralt a few years ago, and I was sort of like, "Oh, I don't really quite sort of see it," and then trailers came out started watching the episodes and i was like well i i was wrong <laughs> so uh, he proved me wrong on that front but um he's, he's been brilliant as gerald he was really good at sherlock as sherlock holmes didn't have a ton of screen time as sherlock holmes because obviously the title character was uh enola holmes uh played by millie bobby brown who did a very good job in that film as well i did review that film by the way if anybody wants to go and uh check that out and i did of course do the binge podcast for the first season of um the witcher but uh yeah, Henry Cavill, cool. Sign me up. Um, what, what do you think? Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting if there is something Mass Effect in the works. Uh, my hope is that it's in the universe itself, but not directly revolving around the characters. Just because if it's a movie, I think that universe is, for lack of a better word, is uh, big enough that um, you know it can have side mission side stories and side characters and everything mm-hmm. without actually having anything going on um uh, with the main characters. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, just like with Star Wars, uh when you look at something like Mass Effect, there's a whole galaxy to explore. So there's endless kind of possibilities. Um just to kind of answer this question slightly now or not not really in terms of predictions, but what would you want so let's say Henry Cavill is going to be involved with Mass Effect. Would you like him to be um, in in a game, 
in a TV show or a film for Mass Effect, what would you choose from that? Um, I like a show. I like a series mm. more than anything else. Yeah. Um, just because, like I said, fleshes things out a bit more on that. So I think there's a lot. I mean, he could easily play like an N7 soldier yeah. and just be on like some random mission. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'll pro- I'll go with the same thing then. So we'll see what uh, Henry Cavill's got cooking up. But uh, if you're a Superman fan, I wouldn't hold out any hopes of him coming back because Warner Brothers just announced that they're rebooting it. So uh, you can look forward to his works as uh, whatever he does in the future and uh, season two of The Witcher, whenever that's going to be. So um, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, if you remember a while back, uh, Twitch Sings was a thing, and then that promptly got shut down out of nowhere. And it looks like we know now know why that got shut down is because Twitch is partnering with Rolling Stones to launch a new music streaming channel. Uh, the channel called uh, Rolling Stones Twitch will be launching. Uh, does not say a given date. But it will host uh, live shows uh, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific, which is 4 to 6 my time, which is 9 to 1 a.m. your time. Um, So don't know what it's going to be. It's just um, a partnership. Probably going to be a lot of interviews. Hopefully it'll focus on music. Unfortunately, Rolling Stone doesn't really want to do that these days. Mm. Um, And other than that, we'll just see what happens. So. Yeah, it's interesting that you mention uh, like music streaming and that. How many streaming services do we have for music? Because you've got Spotify, which is, to me, clearly the bigger one. And they've started hosting podcasts and that, uh, which you can also find out our podcasts over on Spotify. Uh, you've got, like, what, Google Music? And you've got... Am- Amazon Music, which Amazon is technically music. part of Twitch. You know, Twitch is owned by Amazon, so that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got... Uh, um, Pandora, you've got technically Sirius, although that's more like events and channels and actually music, but I think there are some music musicians on there that do play music. Mm-hmm. Um, past that... YouTube, technically? You can listen YouTube to music technically, on YouTube. technically, Apple, but... technically. Yeah, yeah. The only thing with listening to music on YouTube is you can't lock your phone because the music will stop yeah. so and and weirdly i i do use uh amazon music but that's mostly because they have a massive and i mean massive um sleep aid section on their free music uh yeah. there's a lot of like white noise background help you to sleep kind of music so mm-hmm. yeah but uh we'll see what twitch decides to do here and uh we will see what that is but uh, other than that i don't think there's too much else to talk about there so um, but yeah, in terms of like, you know, I was just because we brought up streaming services a few times already, and there's like sixty TV streaming services. Um, there's not that many. There's about fifteen or whatever. But um, yeah, just kind of think about how how many music streaming services there is compared to to films um, or, or TV and that. And there's there's a lot less music streaming services. So we'll see. We'll see what Twitch has up there up their sleeve for that. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing they have to talk about is a little interesting article I found on CNET. Um, as you remember, a few E3s ago, we got a demonstration for HoloLens with mm-hmm. Minecraft, and it looks super, super cool. 
and then nothing it ever disappeared happened it. completely it disappeared <laughs> so i'm looking for news articles yesterday for the podcast and i see one that talks about microsoft mesh and i'm like okay now i'm interested and so the paragraph reads i had a microsoft hololens 2 on my head which apparently they've come out with second generation of which we didn't know about Mm, Visor down in a dusty upstairs office. Hovering in the room was a holographic table, and then the cartoon avatar of Alex Kip Clipman, Microsoft's technical fellow in charge of mixed reality. I met him in the real world two years ago, and uh, now we're teleconferencing. And so the article takes, talks about Mesh being kind of like a virtual office, in that it is, you know, part hol- part AR, part VR. Um, it's kind of meshing the two together, I'm guessing, by the name of it. Cool. Uh, but they're also looking to expand that just past uh, past the actual hardware itself because they talk about wanting it to run on basically any platform. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the full list here because I saw it just, yeah. We are using Microsoft Mesh, a technology that aims to allow virtual telepreference in AR and VR across HoloLens, VR headsets, iOS, Android, and even the upcoming world of smart glass. So they're obviously going more corporate with this in terms of this isn't going to be a gaming headset. This is going to be, you know, something that um, is used in more of a professional endeavor. Okay. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the future of like you know VR and even AR, um, I mean I'm already pretty excited for that stuff because I've I've enjoyed. Pretty much most of the VR games that I've played, other than my ridiculous struggle to get um, uh, a job simulator to to actually work. Once it did, it was fine. But like um, most most other games I've played have synced up relatively well with VR. Uh, obviously, I'm using PSVR, so it's a, it's obviously a little bit weaker than than some of the others out there that I've that I've seen. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of AR as well, I mean, if you can maybe mix them and that kind of thing, um, there's a lot of interesting things that you could, excuse me, potentially do with that. But uh, yeah, um, be interesting to see when Microsoft actually talks about this because, like we said, they showed that Minecraft Hololens demo in 2016, 17, and about then that, yeah. and then never ever mentioned it ever again, <laughs> and it just disappeared completely. Um, and every every E3 up until about maybe 2019, I kept thinking like, oh, they'll probably show that Minecraft thing again. Oh no, not this year. Probably next year. And then it just you know, time just kept going and things just kept not happening. So um, yeah, but um, yeah, they're they're both very interesting areas of of entertainment for me. Uh, if you can blend the two, that would be kind of cool as well. But uh, it just brings a bit of a different level of interactivity than kind of normal games. Um, so I'm uh, interested to see what Microsoft's got. And in terms of like, you know, PlayStation VR is clearly doing quite well because they're making a second one. Um, they, I don't know if they've sold as many units as they maybe wanted to because they haven't sold a ton of them. But they've still sold obviously enough to make a another unit which we're going to be getting um, after this year at some point. Uh, but yeah, it's time for Microsoft to could, could potentially compete in this area. Like you've said before, they've got loads and loads of money to to be able to do some of these things you've got the xbox series x to to do that you've got a very very powerful system there the only thing that kind of um intrigues me about like maybe this getting held back is i remember you mentioned is there any specifics in there because i remember you mentioned they want this to run on all platforms 
Yeah, what, so what that, they want what that mean? The, the they want the general technology to be able to go on mobile devices as well as existing VR devices, which actually when you think mm. about it kind of makes sense because not the uh, um Oculus, which is the the Facebook one, but the other one, the HTC, that is basically just a mobile phone with VR headsets. Hmm. Um, what so yeah, that that yeah, so, that's a possibility. So, so, so. it connects to to that, and then you just you just use it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I don't know much about the other two, uh, Vive and Oculus. So I, I've seen some people use them for like streams and YouTube videos and that, but I've never like looked into them. So. Um, but yeah, we'll see what Microsoft's got cooked up. And uh, hey, if they start hitting each other and competing for uh, the VR space, and they keep making good VR games, I'll be there for that. So it's cool to me. Um, what's your interest in like VR and AR games? I've never really had that much of an interest in it. Um, I, as a curiosity, I have an interest in it, but it's not anything that I've ever wanted to like seriously own. So. Yeah, I mean, for me with technology and stuff, I mean, I've always been interested in like how technology is trying to you know do new things and that. Um, but when it comes to anything that like you know VR, AR, motion control, voice control, um, I love those those sorts of things. It just they don't always quite work as well as you might want them to connect. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll see see how that goes. Uh, you said that was the last thing you had to talk about. Hmm. Cool. Uh, let's move on to a couple of emails. Uh, one which addresses Anthem, but we will still get to it. Of course, if you want to write into Entertainment Talk uh, or to the show or to write into us in general for anything, really, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, let us know what you're playing. Let us know what you're looking forward to. Let us know your thoughts on different pieces of news or really just anything. Um, so let us know what you think. Harrison writes in again. And says, so with Bioware, now moving on to Dragon Age 4, why do you think Anthem failed? Um, So I probably should have brought this email up earlier when we're talking about it, but I just think it was another poor attempt at trying to do what Destiny did, but just nowhere near successful, um, not with enough of its own good ideas. You can have your own ideas if you try that sort of game, but they have to be good ideas, (laughs) and Anthem's weren't. Um, But just like like you'd kind of stated earlier... Uh, just with how kind of boring the game got quite quickly and when you're doing a live service game that's trying to compete with destiny and people are going to be racing through your content you've got to have the game updated regularly and i did hear that people just running out of things uh, of things to do they were repeating the same missions it was getting boring you got to just keep these games updated that's one of the problems and one of the challenges of live service games is you've, you've got to keep doing that so um but yeah um any Thoughts from you on why Anthem particularly failed? Uh, I think I would have to bet lack of story. Because like, like I yeah. talked about with uh, uh, Division, there was a lot of story in that game. Mm, yeah. Um, so, I mean, and that's that's what not killed off, but uh, hampered the first Destiny was there was almost no story to it. So, mm, yeah. So, but uh, that would be that. And uh, we will be moving on from Anthem. Um, what's your anticipation level for Dragon Age 4? Uh, none, really. I mean, it's not a bad game. I played Inquisition a bit, but it never really, you know, clapped on to me as much as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, just want to break away from the emails for a second. I do have uh, 
little bit of a Crash Bandicoot 4 update which I wanted to bring to the table. Uh, so this was from Power A Gaming. This is a um, real piece of news. I, I saw a bit of this earlier but just sort of forgot to write it in. Uh, guess who is back again? Crash Bandicoot and Coco are off on a new adventure. Are you able to keep up uh coming to nintendo switch on march 12th which is not too far away uh which is crash bandicoot 4 to nintendo switch and you can get a uh, themed um wired pro controller and a crash bandicoot um like case for your switch oddly not a themed uh switch itself which is strange but you can get a, a themed um wired pro controller and a case which is quite cool so and Crash 4 is going to be on Switch on March 12th. So I just wanted to update with that as well if you're curious about playing Crash 4. Which I would recommend that you do because I love the game. So any quick thoughts on that? No, I mean I know you're a huge fan so I know you'll be looking forward to it. Yep, yep. Uh, so it would be cool. Uh, Kathy to finish off says, So after hearing you both talk about Stadia and xCloud, what is the future for game streaming and who would you trust to do a similar similar sorry uh, service uh so the future for, i mean these are two questions we can kind of answer with the, the same thing um who would i trust to do a similar service no one really because i just think it's too early in terms of technology to do that now i have heard about a lot better results for um xcloud which i didn't have as much luck with um it at least connected stadia never connected but xCloud did. I at least got that far with xCloud. Um, so I was at least I was at least able to play. Because I remember saying I set up like a kickoff game of FIFA. Um, the game loaded. I was able to pass the ball for a couple of seconds before it cut out. But it got further than what Stadia did. Um, so I guess that's a good thing. Um, but similar service. I don't I don't want anybody to focus on doing that at the moment. I just want companies to continue putting out focus on putting out good products that's just really what i want so no one um now it's not that i don't have the trust in certain companies to do things i just don't want anybody to bother doing that at the moment because i just don't really care for it right now uh but the future of that i think other companies will try to attempt it i know that you've got remote play out there for playstation you've got stadia for now um or until that at least closes down and you've got xcloud um other ones that do that uh i can't think of any other game streaming services that do that but uh what are your what are your thoughts on this robert uh i think if anybody could do it successfully it would be microsoft they just have the software background hmm. to proven to do that do i want them to do that no not especially um do i think they could pull that off absolutely hmm. yeah um what do you think is the future for for this thing game streaming it, it's, services. it's the way everything's going i mean it's no different than uh um digital downloads i remember fighting for the longest time against steam because i wasn't a big fan of not physically owning the games right but that's long since gone nothing we do now is going to change that fact everything purchased on your pc now is digital mm. hell you do a um a kickstarter for a game and all they do is send you a steam code <laughs> Yeah. Can you even buy physical PC games anymore? Uh, I mean, can I'm sure on some level you can, shops, like especially but... with the older ones. Yeah. But not many. Because mm. you couldn't go and buy... Uh, I was going to say Fortnite, but that's free anyway. Um, yeah. What's a game on PC you'd have to 
pay for. So like the Witcher or something. I know it's an old older example, but I don't think you could go and buy like a disc for the Witch Three yeah. and play it on PC. You'd have to get that through Steam or I don't even or... know where you would find them anymore. I mean, here in yeah. the states, yeah, gaming is pretty much limited to consoles. I mean, there's some like rinky-dink little one-person project games that might come out on a CD, but it's nothing that anybody would want to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, GameStop, which became that hot thing with the stocks a couple, three weeks back. I mean, they're basically a nerdy Hot Topics. <laughs> Is Hot Topics even a thing in the UK? I've heard of it. I don't think it's much of a thing over here. It, it's so. it's like an attempt at being edgy, but <laughs> mainstream edgy. It, it it gets made fun of a lot for things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they would sell like stuff from Think Geek and plushies and pop caps and like maybe 20% of the floor is games now at least the last time that I went in like a year and a half ago actually mm-hmm. two and a half years ago it was, like, it was about a year before the pandemic kicked in so yeah 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 games started to to do that they started to sell just like more more merchandise than games they they started mm-hmm. selling like Funko Pops and stuff and I, m- I remember going in game at one point I was and cause I think I'd gone to the local town on one particular day I uh, went to the comic book shop to pick up that Walking Dead or something and saw like you know Funko Pops in there comic books merchandise you know toys that kind of thing elf or figures or whatever then I went to game and I was like okay this is really really similar not not obviously comic books they didn't sell comic books in the game store but it's sort of like if you replace the comic books with games everything else is the same because they, they sell the Funko Pops they sell the merchandise and key rings and all this other sort of stuff so it was kind of becoming like a, a merchandise shop mixed with a game shop, and then also had the like you know the um, uh, like playstations that were in the wall and stuff that you could usually never play because they were never actually switched on anyway. Um, so yeah, but uh, it, it started to become a bit more like that. So uh, and yeah, then, and I'm not even hating on Funko Pops. I have like six of them, but oh, no, that doesn't mean I want a store dedicated to them. Sells. Yeah, so. I mean, there's probably a good bit of marketing there as well, because, like, let's say you play, I don't know, Crash Bandicoot, you really like him and that, and then you go back in there to get something else, and you think, like, oh, I like Crash Bandicoot, I'll get a Funko Pop. Or you play Avengers for some reason, and then you go back and you uh, you see a Thor Funko Pop, and you think, oh, I like that character, I'll I'll buy him, or whatever. Um, I mean, the MCU would probably be the thing to get you onto Marvel, not the Avengers game, but... Avengers yeah. is a game, and that would be in-game. So, and you know, Funko Pops aren't limited to just games. You can buy characters from Parks and Rec or oh, The yeah. Office, yeah. or uh, you know, pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying in terms of like buying a game in there and then seeing the character that you played as on the shelf as a Funko Pop. So, yeah, uh, and that is what we've got for you for this episode of Random Ga- Random Gaming Talk. Uh, thank you, Robert, again for joining me. Uh, And we'll be back again next week to talk about whatever happens in the world of video games. Uh, Until then, thank you all very much for listening. You can find everything that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, and films. TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. Uh, There'll be two new episodes tomorrow. That will be the Man United versus Crystal Palace game. I hope that we put in some more effort (laughs) in that. Uh, So we'll see how that goes tomorrow night. Uh, And then, of course, the Walking Dead UK podcast is back for the... 17th episode of season 10 the uh back six 
bonus episodes for season 10 uh the first of those that will be weekly returning on wednesdays look out for that uh remember the categories list on the website as well if you want to know uh individually categories wise what we do on entertainment talk click on that and you should be able to find the links there uh, you can also of course subscribe to us on your favorite podcast service if you search for entertainment talk on those spotify included um or whatever else you use for listening to podcasts you can go and find us on those uh if you like what you've heard today and want to support more of it that would be great there's a few different options for you uh, patreon uh one dollar three dollar level tiers for ad free podcast review options uh word of mouth if you don't want to do the patreon thing which is fine uh you can simply use word of mouth which is another good option just simply tell people that you know about where to find the content entertainmenttalk.org and to search for us entertainment talk on your favorite podcast platform so please tell people to do that you can do the same thing but through social media facebook twitter different facebook groups you can either tell people on those platforms about the content or you can share and retweet and whatever else the podcast that you see us post so please consider doing that that would be really helpful uh you can find david on geek time the credit you can geek town radio that is for your up-to-date reliable tv and film news uh geek town radio episode is out for this week so go and check that out once i'm done here um so go and check that out for your tv and film news which includes your streaming service news as well because there's always that sort of thing going on but uh, geek town radio episodes on tuesdays and check out geektown.co.uk as well beck streams daily pretty much over on twitch uh you can find her on there trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s uh you can find me on twitch sometimes as well um eTalk UK if you want to search for me on there that would be great and lastly you can find Barry on YouTube he started doing some of his podcasts again uh, you can find the Geektopia ones which is kind of DC focused and stuff if you search for Geektopia on YouTube and you can also find his horror podcasts as well sorry horror podcasts as well over on uh, Talk and Stalk those are both on YouTube search for those and get yourself subscribed for your horror and your DC podcasts so have a look out for those until then thanks for listening and we shall see you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>